Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. Every week we come to you live on Facebook to chat to you about what might be challenging you with your babies and small children. Uh, We are joined by Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue today. And if you have questions, there are a number of ways that you can pose them. If you're watching us live via Facebook on the Babyology Facebook page, you can pop your question in the comments below. If you are listening to us via the podcast, you can send your email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And you can also join our Helpline group on Facebook and you can post your questions there. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Well, we've got quite a few questions today, so I might just jump straight into it. No chit-chat. This question comes from Pam on our helpline group. She says, hi, I think I have a pretty common problem. My son, who is two years and five months, will not poo on the toilet. He's happy to wee standing up anywhere in the world, bush wee or for outside, into the wee man inside or even sit to wee, but he will not poo. He holds it and farts so much. Isn't that pleasant? Um, We have the same setup in the toilet at home as at daycare and he's in undies all the time now. He waits until he has a nappy on to poo or worse when he is busy and relaxed and goes in his undies. He only has a nappy on for sleeping, not for the fun of it, and not because he has asked for one to poo in. Help, help, help. That's from Pam. Right, okay. So this sounds more like a bit of behaviour. He's just used to doing it in a nappy. And I think at two and a half, we can sit down and have a chat to him now, like outside of the action of whether he did or didn't do a poo sitting down and say, look, we're big boys now and we can do our wheeze in the toilets and now it's time to do our poos in the toilet. So having that conversation, like we're moving him forward in something. Um, And the other thing I do is usually show him how many nappies are left. So I say, you know, we've only got five more nappies left for our daytime. So after that, we're going to try and do our poops in the toilet. And then I think you have to watch him because watching him... They usually do what I call the poo-poo dance. So they sort of jiggle from leg to leg or they wiggle from backwards and forwards. And at that point, I'd be trying, okay, let's go with mummy into the, or daddy into the toilet and I'll sit with you while we try and do a poop in the toilet. Um, I'm not big on rewards of food. So I'm more, uh, you've done a good job because this is something that he naturally has to do. But to encourage him to do the poops on the toilet... Uh, a strategy I once learned, and it was actually to do with children with uh, constipation, is actually by taking them twice a day to sit on the toilet under no pressure to do the poo, read a story, and if it happens to happen, it happens. And then we can actually just high-five him for doing that. By having the conversation outside of the action, it might also give you an insight what might be going on for him. So he might say something like, no, mummy, I'm scared too, or something like that. And, of course, then we can address that problem. So I think the key with a two-and-a-half-year-old is talking to them outside of when the action is actually happening and getting them to engage with it and being beside them and being supportive at this point. And what's, what's your take on potties? Do you think they help at all or no? Well, he's going to the toilet. So you could try a potty because it actually sits him in the right action. I think it's more the sitting to do it. That's the issue, not, not the actual whether it's a potty or a toilet. 
um, because he's quite happy to do it in his little underwear at the moment or in a nappy. So you could try a potty for doing poops and it's on the floor. It actually sits him in a better position because his knees will be higher than his hips, which is better for doing um, a poop and will make it quicker for him. There's a lot we're getting into, first question. Um, but um, this will help him. But I think it's more about where he thinks he should be doing the poo, not the action of doing the poo. So I think it requires a conversation outside of the, the actual moment of him, whether he's done it or not done it. Okay. It's not a pleasant thing to have to negotiate, is it? That's a very common question, though. Is that? Is that? That's very true. Well, good luck, Pam. I hope it all improves for you. This is an email from Jasmine. She says, a few weeks ago, I emailed about my daughter, who's 21 months, and she also, she this was a little girl who always wanted to be settled by her dad at night. I'm not sure if you remember that one, Chris. Um, she is asking for further help because she says, uh, the mum, Jasmine, says, we've started to slowly have me involved in the bedtime routine, and I am now putting my daughter down for a nap in the day. But when she wakes in the middle of the night, she refuses to let me settle her. She becomes hysterical. My husband is working a lot and is struggling to manage the frequent night, night wakings. It took three, three hours last night to get back to sleep. If I go in to settle her, she screams for her dad. What can I do to start taking over the night settling again? I've tried reassuring her that dad is next door asleep, that mum is here, but it's not working. Her schedule at the moment is she's awake at 5.30 or 6 in the morning, nap around 12.15. We aim for a two-hour nap, but lately it's been one or one and a half hours. Bed at 7, sometimes 6.30 or 6.45 if she hasn't slept much during the day. At 21 months, I thought we had passed the worst of sleep issues. Please help me find a way to settle her again. Um, well, the timing in the day sounds perfect for her age. I don't think you've got that wrong. She wakes a little bit early. So she might be a bit more overtired, but not overly. I actually think this is also about what's waking her. So if you're up for three hours and that that's, you know, you've got a lot of night waking, we need to address that as well. And so that's got something to do with either the timing in the day, which we've ticked, it sounds perfectly fine, or her association with going to sleep. Like, are they staying there too long regardless of who goes in? But in terms of it being about her dad, the, the interesting question that I would need to find out from mum is if dad goes in, does she go back to sleep a lot quicker and a lot faster? And when a mum goes in, it takes a lot longer. So is it that association with dad? And if it was that association with dad, then I'd start to get dad to address the problem too. So dad sitting down and saying to her, mummy's coming in to settle you tonight. Daddy's asleep. And the third thing that we need to understand is if daddy's gone away for the night, can mum settle her? Like, does she know the difference between when dad's in the house and, you know, dad's not in the house? But in the end, I think this is a settling problem in terms of what is waking her. And we need to work out what is waking her because that's the underlying problem as opposed to also who goes in. So in this case, I'd still be consistent with her and maybe both of them getting up and settling her for a few nights so that she's not got one over the other and then withdrawing one person might help. But um, I think you need to make sure that she's warm 
Um, we need to relook at how she's going to sleep. Maybe they're staying too long. So when she falls asleep, she's seeing dad or mum and that's what she needs when she goes back to sleep. So I think um, we need a few more, a uh, bit more information. But generally speaking, I'd tackle it with both of you doing it for a few nights. And then from there, withdrawing dad from it and getting mum to do it. But on the flip side, I'd be looking at what is actually waking her and how frequently is she waking. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is a tricky one. Um, this one comes from Gabby on Facebook. Hi, Gabby. She says, over the last week, my 10-week-old has been waking up every half hour from 3 to 4 a.m. due to the dummy falling out. Once I put it back in, he immediately falls asleep again. I want to start weaning him off the dummy because the half-hour wake-ups from 3 to 4 are driving me mad. I can imagine. However, he also now takes 20 to 30 minutes to settle to bed for his day and nighttime sleeps. After 20 minutes, I resort to giving him the dummy and he immediately falls asleep, but then wakes up five minutes later. I replace the dummy and he falls asleep again, but only for 20 to 40 minutes before he wakes up again and I get him back to sleep in my arms. How can I help him settle better without the dummy as well as between his sleep cycles? I feel so torn whether I should be keeping the dummy given its effectiveness to soothe him versus getting rid of the dummy giving his frequent night, given his frequent nighttime wakes. Okay. So I think there's two different issues going on here. When a baby wakes in a period of time, say between 3 and 4 or 4.30, um, and you have to put the dummy in every half an hour, the first thing I'd be looking at is how effective is he feeding? So when did he feed last? What's our expectation about that feed? Was it three hours ago and we expect him to go four hours where it's reasonable to feed him at three hours? So it's about first looking at that reasonable behaviour. I think that's the problem at night. So if you'd fed at two and you thought it was a reasonable feed at two and from three o'clock onwards you're putting the dummy in, that would be a dummy problem. But if you'd fed him at one and it was now four o'clock and you're putting the dummy in, it's reasonable that he would have a feed. So that's the first thing with the night one. But the overall problem seems to be the dummy or the way that we're using the dummy. So a lot of people use dummies as a cue to go to sleep. So um, we change our baby. We, at 10 weeks, we'd wrap our baby, cuddle him. A lot of people put the dummy in at that point. So the baby goes off to sleep with the dummy in its mouth. Whereas at 10 weeks, I'd be change, check and change the baby, wrap the baby, cuddle the baby, dim the room, put him down, tuck him in, leave for a minute or two till he starts to whinge cry and then go back and I would do some active settling, patting, rocking, picking up, cuddling and putting back down and maybe doing that for five minutes before I'd offer the dummy so that the dummy was just a member of those, those sequences that we do to help him go to sleep. It's not the cue for going to sleep and therefore he won't be reliant on any of those, whether it's rocking, patting or the dummy, but it was in your tool bag. So the fact that he's waking so frequently, go back and have a look at his rhythm and make sure, you know, he's feeding about every three to three and a half hours. He needs the right amount of sleep as well. So that he's getting about an hour and a half of sleep in the, in the sequences across the day. 
and um, that he's awake for roughly about an hour and a half watching his cue signs. So he might need a few things moved around to help him sleep better and for him not to wake as frequently for the dummy. So the dummy is a tool, it's not a cue. And that tool is part of your rocking, your patting, picking up and comforting them and putting them back down again. And it's in that sequence. So give yourself a good few minutes before you put the dummy in just to give him other ways of settling. Good luck, Gabby. This question comes from Emma also on Facebook. She says, hi, Chris, my baby has been screaming, all in caps, at 4 or 4.30 every morning. It takes 30 to 50 minutes to get him back to sleep. Then he'll sleep through till 7.30, 8 a.m., Okay, how old is this baby? We might get to that. When we pick him up, he calms instantly and sleeps on our shoulder. If we put him down, he screeches and arches his back, so hysterical he won't take a dummy or tolerate patting. I've tried leaving him for 15 minutes and he just sits in his cot and screams and cries with intermittent breaks. He's 13 months, has two naps. Yeah, he has two naps of either 45 minutes to two hours, maximum three hours in the day, three to three and a half hours time, awake time and bed between 6 to 6.30. Yeah. Okay. So I think this one is just behavioural more than anything, but he is coming up to 14 months and typically around that 14-month mark, we move him to one sleep in the day and that might certainly help his wakefulness at night. He still might wake at 430 but he may not stay awake as long and you might find it much easier to settle him by just laying him down and patting him. So that's coming up. But in the interim, I think the 4.30 is interesting because it's often when they're cold. So if this is a more recent behaviour, just make sure that he's nice and warm when he goes to bed. So, you know, making sure he has the appropriate clothing on and a heavier sleeping bag and that the room isn't too cold. Um, even the difference between putting flannelette sheets on instead of cotton sheets where it's cold. So that is the coldest part of the morning. So that could be what's waking him and then he's finding it much harder to go back to sleep. So in terms of um, what you're doing, it sounds all right. You can give him little windows of trying to self-settle, then going in, laying him down and patting him back off until he's calm and quiet and then repeating those sequences. But I'd also be looking at the fact that um, in the day he's having three-hour sleep and that's great, but it might be time to think about um, just uh, moving that to one sleep by 14 months. And I think that's when you're going to see the greatest of your improvement. So leaving him for sure for those periods, 10, 15 minutes, as long as he's not getting distressed, going in, patting him till calm and then leaving ultimately will be the answer. But I think moving him to one sleep in the day will just make things so much easier for you. All right. This question comes from Natalie on our helpline group on Facebook. She says, um, hi, Chris, I've been following your book for my five-month-old son. Thanks for the great routines and rhythms. I think we aren't doing too bad, except he loves to catnap during the day. He's always bright awake when I walk in, just after 45 minutes. Do young bubs ever extend sleeps eventually, or do they need to be taught? I can count on one hand the number of sleeps my little one has had that's lasted longer than 45 minutes without me resettling since he was two months. I can usually resettle him for one of the two longest sleeps during the day, but usually the rest of that sleep is on me on the couch as if I 
is if I put him back in his cot, that second half of the sleep is poor, often waking up and me running in to place a dummy back in. He generally goes to sleep well. He only needs a brief rock in arms and a dummy, and we place him in the cot, drowsy but not awake. He's just hard to resettle during the day. On average, he's sleeping at night around 7 p.m. till 6.30 a.m. with one feed around 3 a.m. I can't complain about that. Love your attitude, Natalie. Um, (laughs) Daytime, usually three naps, one of which I resettle on me to get about two hours for him, either the morning or after lunch sleep, depending on day's activities. The other two naps are 45 minutes only. Is he getting enough sleep? Should I aim to resettle both morning and afternoon naps to get more sleep time? I suppose I should stop the sleeping on me habit, question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, Will his sleep cycle start to get longer at some point anyhow? Hope you can help. Thanks. Well, he's not doing too badly, as Natalie said, but I think you have to be very careful, Natalie, because he's getting a few different messages. So he's quite sleepy when he gets put down in the cot. So he's not going down awake, being aware of where he is and then going to sleep. The second one is then he goes to sleep on mum. The good thing about him going back to sleep on mum is that it's showing that he does need that sleep. It's not like he's playing when she picks him up to go back to sleep on her. So I think it's worth maybe just slightly changing the way she's putting him to sleep so that he's awake when he goes down. So that when she goes in to resettle him, say on the first one and the last one, and she's out you sort of mid-morning, that he actually understands how to go to sleep from a place of being in the cot. So I think, Natalie, the only thing we need to do here is start to put him down awake. So rock, cuddle, sleeping bag, dim the room, all of those really common cues for going to sleep. But then putting him down and and giving him a moment, stepping away for a moment, see what he can do, go back, doing some padding in the cot. And if that's not working, then putting the dummy in. Because then when he wakes up after 45 minutes, and he may lay there for a little while, just because he's awake, don't go into him. That's our fault of the monitors. They're, they can see him awake, so they start going in. We're going to wait for him to actually ask us to go in. So wait for that whinge to move into a cry. If that's the one you're going to resettle him on, then you can give him the same cues as if it was the first time he was going down. So staying with him, doing some rocking and some patting, and then putting the dummy in. So all babies at some point need to link cycles together. Okay. So as to whether he'll just do it in time, I think until he's been put down awake and going to sleep, you won't know. But I don't often see it just fixing itself in time because obviously as he's more alert and the months go on, if you've been rocking him till he's sleepy and or carrying him to resettle him, he's just going to become more, much more aware of it. So I think this is a good time to have a re-look at what you're doing and maybe start putting him down awake and then settling him, and that will help your resettles. Okay. Now, this question comes from Amy on Facebook. Hello, is there any way I can encourage my 24-month-old to nap longer? She only naps for 45 minutes, but she wakes up grumpy and definitely needs more. She sleeps very well overnight, though, roughly 12 to 13 hours. Uh, Can we get it? So it's a two-year-old at 24 months that we're talking about. So I'm not sure when she goes down and when she gets up, but let's assume she goes down, if it's only 45 minutes, she'd be going to bed at 6.30. 
it sounds like she wakes up at 7.30. So it probably depends on what time you're putting her down for a day sleep and how she goes down. So a little bit more information would be good, but I would say if my child was getting up even at 7, at 2, I'd be putting them down at 12 and getting them up at 2.30 and putting them down at 7.30. So the essence of the two-year-old is that they need about five and a half hours from when they get up to going down to bed. But she doesn't have a lot of sleep. And what's happening is she doesn't realise that she needs to sleep more in the day because she's waking up grumpy. So it's not like she's having an hour's sleep and then as happy as a lamb. So she wants to go back to sleep after that 45 minutes to an hour. So that's either timing um, and readjusting that. So going down maybe at 6.30 and only having 12 and a half hours might help her have a longer sleep in the day. But I would think she would have about an hour and a half or an hour, but waking up happy. So again, it's about the message she gets after 45 minutes. If she's a bit grumpy in there and she's been in there for five or 10 minutes, going in, asking her to lay down, putting your hand on her back, rubbing her back, patting her a little bit and helping her link those cycles is really going to help. But obviously as a two-year-old, they often are very aware that when you come in the door and the door opens, they think they're going out the door with you. So it's a little bit about let's get it all in the right windows, um, maybe up by seven, down by seven, 7.30 and move in her sleep till one o'clock. The, all these little adjustments might help her just link those two cycles together and do about an hour and a half. But otherwise, some gentle resettling should help. Rightio, here's one from Fiona in an email. My little son is two and a half and has transitioned to a big bed well. However, the last few weeks he's been talking in his sleep, sometimes quite loudly and vividly, although I can't make out what he's saying. This usually happens anywhere from midnight to 2 a.m., from which he wakes crying. When I go into the room, he's sitting up crying. I comfort him with a hug and then say to him quietly to pop his head down to go to sleep. I pat him for a brief moment and then walk out of the room. He then usually sleeps through the rest of the night, although I have noticed too that he has been waking earlier in the morning, around 5.30 a.m., when it was usually 6 or 6.30. I do leave him in his bed till 6, 6.30, though before we start the day. On a side note, I have also noticed that this usually happens more so on the nights he's been to childcare, which is a Thursday and Friday, and I'm wondering if this has anything to do with it. Should I be concerned that something may be going on for him at daycare, nightmares or just his little brain taking in the big day? Any advice would be great. I think you've summed it up by it's just his little brain revisiting the day and he's sort of reliving moments of it. But after a while, it wakes him up. And I actually think you're doing all the right things for him. The waking up early could be because he's cold. So, you know, he's in a big boy's bed now and he's got to warm up that whole space. So putting flannelette sheets on his bed, socks on his feet, uh, those types of things and making sure that he's warm within himself. He's a little boy, which means the doona should be on the floor by about four o'clock in the morning. Um, so, you know, maybe going in, although when you go in, he probably tuck him back in again. So I think you've probably got two different things going on. One is the active brain and it will sort itself out in time. And I think you're doing all the right things. And the second one with the earlier wake up could be just that he's cold. So maybe putting in slightly warmer pajamas will help as well. But uh, I think you you've generally got the right approach to what you're doing. 
And when it occurs on those daycare days, I think it's just him reliving the day, the big day and the concepts and what's going on. And they're sort of rattling around in his brain. And after a little while, they'll just disappear. Okay, that sounds good. We've got time for one last question. This comes from Marianne on the email. She says, I would love some advice around sleep for a 19-month-old. I have a 19-month-old daughter who from 12 months up till 18 months was a great sleeper. She would sleep for two hours during the day from 12 till 2 or 2.30 and sleep from the night through the night or was happy to lie in her cot and sing to herself if she woke up early in the morning unless she was sick or teething. At 18 months, my daughter's sleep has changed and I'm not sure what to do. She has started refusing her day sleeps, crying in her cot and saying, up, out, I tell her to lie down and it's time for sleep, but she starts crying or throwing her dummy or comforter. Some days I can manage to get her back to sleep by lying next to the cot and telling her it's time for sleep and patting the cot. However, some days this does not work and I end up taking her out of the cot and she skips her day sleep. At night, we put her in the cot anywhere between 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Some nights, she'll lie down and go to sleep due to what seems like exhaustion, but other nights, it's taking a long time to settle her whilst lying next to her cot on the ground. Goodness, haven't we been there? Um, She will then usually wake at midnight and it can take hours to get her back to sleep. We think she is possibly teething, getting her two-year-old molars, and have tried giving her Panadol Nurofen at night, but this seems to make her hyperactive and she wants to run around her room or read books. Some nights she's also waking up again at 4am, ready to start the day. My husband and I have followed the same sleep routine since she was 10 months. Dinner, bath, bottle, book, saying goodnight to things in the room, singing Twinkle Twinkle and then putting her in her cot and closing the door. We're still doing this, including the bottle of milk. However, if we leave the room when she's crying, she cries so much that we have to change her top and sleep soup. I would love some guidance on what to do as I feel like I have lost my confidence and I'm really tired. That's tough, Marianne. I think it's just got a little bit all out of whack. And not only that, I think you're spending a lot of time in the room. She's getting used to being in the room. I definitely don't think she's teething. I've never heard anybody who teethes and runs around happily, although it's what commonly goes through parents' minds. So let's see if we can just get the whole thing back on track. So she's 19 months old, so she's probably up around 6.30 in the morning, and I would be putting her to bed at 7.30 at night. And I'd be giving her a sleep from 12.30 till about 2, okay? So spend a couple of days just doing that, getting her up at a regular time no later than 7, putting her down at 12.30. Hopefully, we're going to get her the same message, get her to sleep till 2, and then putting her down at 7.30 at night. Now, when we change, she's 19 months, so she doesn't really need that milk in the bottle. And that's important because when we start to change the behaviour around going to sleep, we don't want all that milk on her stomach. So either reduce the amount of milk she's having in the bottle or bring it a lot forward before she goes to bed um, if you want to continue to give it to her. So then when you've got all that lined up, then we have to change her approach to sleep because I think she thinks that you are, um, that you're, um, sorry about that, but that you are um, the play toy in there and that you're in with her. So we have to take the play toy out. So kiss, cuddle, story, bed, you know, all those cues that you've been giving her, dummies, comforter, and then leave her for a little bit. Just leave her for about three, four minutes 
And when you go back to the door, just say, it's time to put your head down, it's time for sleep. So that we're giving her the direction of what we're doing. And if she stands up and jumps up and down, which all 19-month-olds can do, then we need to lay her down, give her a little pat, time for sleep, then back out, and then just wait a little bit longer. So if you only waited two minutes the first time, wait three minutes the next time and continue to get to the point where she settles. I think she's just getting a few mixed messages. So she doesn't know whether it's playtime or bedtime or sleep time. And if we do this for a couple of days, I know it's tough, but it's no tougher than what you're doing now, then she'll learn to self-settle and she'll start sleeping the length of time that you want her to do. So let's have a rethink about it, rejig her day, make sure the timing's right and then give her the cues to allow her to gently self-settle with a bit of reassurance and a bit of a pat, but you're telling her what you want, which is put your head down and see if we can get a bit of traction with that. And then you won't be tired and you will be, you will be fine. You'll find your mojo again. Yeah, it'll all come back around. Well, look, Chris, that's all we have time for today. But before we go, I did just want to have a quick chat with you about the Babyology Sleep School. Um, So we have mentioned it a few times on Helpline, particularly if people haven't had a chance to get their question through to you. But you are one of our experts at sleep school. We, We also have Joe Ryan and Karina Lane. But let's have a little chat about this. I mean, what do you think is good about sleep school? Why is it a good option for parents if they can't get their question through to you or even if they have but they've got more questions? Well, I think um, you'll notice that when we do these helplines, we're really just summing things up in a few minutes. And so something like our last call about a 19-month-old, there can be a various reasons on what might be going on. So by doing the sleep school, it allows us a lot more time to talk about the options and what's actually going on in that family for them instead of a more general answer to the question. So we try and sum it up, but we sometimes we don't have all all of the information really allows us to connect with someone about their child in their family and what they're doing as opposed to the general children out there for that age group. So it allows that one-on-one to chat about their baby in their family. And so how it's online, I know that, and we've got the three experts, so they, people will choose who they want to talk to and and then do they just book in a time with you? Is they that do. How it works? So the three experts, Joe and um, Karina and myself are there and you can choose who you'd like to speak to and then you just tap on and choose the package that you'd like to have. So there's about four or five different types of packages that you can link in with and you'll have this Zoom call and we'll be able to really discuss what's going on and that'll then be videoed and and you'll be able to access it over the next three weeks. So it allows you to go back and um, rethink about what we spoke about. You might have missed a little point while we're chatting and that will help you in terms of understanding what we were talking about. Oh, I love that. I remember getting advice when my kids were small and I just didn't keep it in my brain. And even if I wrote it down, I still, I, I, I just love that you can go back and, and yeah, revisit you what re- you said. rethink about it or you might be doing it. You can go back and show your partner so that everybody's on the same page, which would be great. Um, so, yeah, they can really link in and talk about their children in their family. And when you um, say as well, the other thing I love about um, sleep school is there's an option now if you've got more than one child. Oh, yes. Because that can be the real challenge when you've got... Well, you've got to juggle more balls in the air. So, you know, 
what you you might ring up about your 10 week old but actually you've got a two and a half year old who's you know screams every time you go to put a 10 week old down so it's it's really looking at the family as a whole not the one person within the family and trying to make it much more harmonious for the whole family and get whatever that issue is that they're contacting us about getting that resolved so that they can go back to being just one big you know happy busy family you know, if I was at all organized, I would have prices at my fingertips, which I don't. But you know what? I will say that I did look at the prices and for me, they were very affordable. And I think that's probably key because when you're, you've just had a small child or you've got money's an issue, but being able to access people like yourself would have made a huge difference to me. Well, I think, I think the thing about the pricing is, and what I've always said about the pricing, if you can only afford one hour, that one hour might make all the difference. Absolutely. So, and I think Joe and Karina would agree that, you know, if you can only afford that one hour, that one hour could make all of the difference in all of it. So I know that, you know, everyone's got their budget restraints and COVID's on, and that's another financial pull, but that one hour might just change everything around. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? Well, I hope that um, your advice today has helped those who have questions. Um, I'm very excited about Babyology Sleep School and the opportunity they have to go further with yourself or Karina and Joe. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I will just mention before we go that we are having a break next week and we'll be back on June 29 with Karina Lane. Um, so if you have any questions for that you can join us live on Facebook at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or send your question to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Thank you for all your questions today and see you next week. Bye, Chris. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.